Hi, this is Jeremy Sullivan. At the new National Parks Traveler website, Kurt Repencheck and I have as a goal to provide original multimedia content about our parks. It's an advantage of the web that we can bring you audio and video programs from time to time. As part of an ongoing series, we'll provide interviews with folks who have special insight on the parks. Today, I have a conversation with Nancy Bandley. Nancy has accomplished something very few others have done. She has visited every single unit of the National Park Service, all 391 of them. On her travels to the parks, she collects park passport stamps and is very involved in a large community of folks who do the same. When she's not on the road traveling, she has found time to write a series of articles about travel to Alaska's national parks for our website. If you've ever collected those little stamps in the visitor center, I think you'll enjoy what Nancy's got to share with us today. Okay, well, hi, Nancy. It's uh, good to talk with you this morning. Hi, Jeremy. It's really great to actually put a voice to the emails. <laughs> I know. We've talked in email quite a bit. Uh, you've written a number of different articles for me when I was at Park Remark, and now at the National Parks Traveler, I think we're going to try and continue those uh, great articles. Yes, we are. Hopefully my schedule will lighten up a little bit more at the end of this year, and I'll be able to do that. Of course, this next month we have a convention coming up for the club, and uh, that's going to take a little bit more of my time for another 30 days, and then hopefully I'll have a little time to breathe. Yeah. Well, why don't we get right into that? Uh, so you're the president of a club called the National Park Travelers Club, and um, what is it that that club does? Actually, we promote visitation to the national parks, and we do it by one means that was developed by a company called Eastern National. They manage a lot of the bookstores in the various parks throughout the, the 391 units in the system, and they are a nonprofit organization. The profits go right back into the national parks, which is wonderful. So if you buy a book in the bookstore, chances are that the profit has gone back into that park, or at least its sister park. But they developed a, a program called the National Park Passport, which is similar to your own passport, um, almost in size and color and shape. Uh, you visit a national park, and you obtain a rubber impression stamp on that passport that says the name of the park. On the bottom line, it usually has a place name because in some parks there are a multiple number of stampers, and then it has a changeable date in the middle. So you've recorded when you actually visited that park and that unit of that park. We formed a club of people that have like interest in collecting those stamps and or visiting national park sites. Yes, I'm very familiar with uh, this uh, program um, for a couple reasons. I It's been going for a while. How long has this been program been active? It started in 1986, so we are into the 21st year right now. Last year, uh, Eastern National developed a new edition of the passport book called the Explorer Edition. It's quite larger, has um, waterproof binding on it, a zipper carrying case, a shoulder strap, and fortunately, our club was instrumental in helping them develop this particular passport, and that was in celebration of year 20 of the passport series. Yeah, the you can still get the smaller, like, passport-only type book, but this new book is really, it's for, like, collectors, isn't it? For serious collectors and it, travelers. Surprisingly, it, it is just like 
uh, for collectors, and we thought that there would be a limited audience for it for the real, quote, diehard collectors. However, we've discovered, and so has Eastern National, that it's very popular with people that are just sporadic stampers. A number of reasons it's popular, despite its $44.95 price tag, is that it has a lot of information in it with names and complete addresses and descriptions about the units, which is by far an expansion on what was in the original Passport. And yes, the original Passport at $7.95 is still available, and we, I think they're into 9.5 million copies sold wow. at this point in time in the 21 years. Yeah, I'd say that's a success. <laughs> I'd say it's a major success. Now, when they first ordered the, the new Explorer series, I think they ordered something like 10,000, thinking that that would be probably as bad as many as they'd sell over a period of time because of the price tag. It made it like the number one most expensive book in every bookstore out there. Mm -hmm. However, comma, <laughs> they managed to fly off the shelves. And it was a surprise to everyone, and they are now in their third printing of that edition, and it's only been on the market since basically last, or since March of this year. Hmm. Well, that's really something. Now, you've got quite a collection of these stamps, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I don't think <laughs> yes, I've mentioned it. I do. Yeah, I haven't mentioned it yet on this little interview, but you've been to every single unit in the Park Service, haven't you? I have been to all 391 units. Uh, I was very, very lucky to see number 391 prior to its official opening, um, and only because I was in the area and happened to be missing the dedication by about a week. And so I was able to thank you to the superintendent, Dr. Alexa Roberts, actually see that site and be given a tour and explanation about what they plan to do with it, uh, some of the problems they've encountered, and just setting it up and purchasing the land and things like that. Yeah. So it was a really interesting background, and I was really, really, really lucky to do that. But yes, I have visited all 391, hmm. which includes the five western region Arctic National Parks, and stepping foot in those requires nothing but bush planes and float planes. Yeah. Um, I also have been... Since I've been in the program since its inception in 1986, I have most of the stamps. There are, mm -hmm. that I've counted so far, about 408 stamps that either got retired, lost, or stolen before mm -hmm. I actually got to them. Mm -hmm. That's out of 2,725 wow. stamps that I have, excuse me, 2,744 stamps mm -hmm. that I've documented that there are in the program in that 21-year history. And I should make a note at this point that you've got uh, on your through your website, which I'll uh, include in the in the interview notes here. You've got what you call a master list, which which shows folks other travelers where to find all of these stamps. Correct? That is correct. It's called the master list. It is copyrighted under that name. Uh, it was originally created by a gentleman by, by the name of Rudy Noodle. He goes by the name Rudy Noodle, so we call it mm -hmm. Noodle's Master List. <laughs> He set it up and started doing work on it, um, found that it was just way too much to keep up with, and asked me if I would take it over. And in the last three years, or I guess two and a half that I've been keeping the list, we've vastly expanded it. I think when I got it, it was around uh, 90 or 100 pages, and it's now like 275 or something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, that's because we enclosed or included a lot of things like addresses, 
um, we still have a long ways to go to get them all on there, but I keep putting them in as I have time, mm-hmm. uh, and phone numbers. Then we also include information about where the stamp's hidden in the visitor center if it's not obviously out on what we call a passport station. Mm-hmm. Um, we also include information about hours of operation. All of this comes from information gleaned from our members of our club who post trip reports when they go and visit a site. Mm-hmm. And they may post either on the MSN site where we currently have it hosted, mm-hmm. or they may post it on uh, send it directly to me, and then I include it on the master list, and that includes the last time the park was visited and verified as to what the stamp says, what the stamp actually says now if it's changed, mm-hmm. um, any stamps that are now retired because they either got lost, stolen, broken, or whatever, and um, that any other pertinent data that we think needs to be on there. In addition, we keep these trip reports filed in a log by state that that lets everybody access when somebody went there and what they did and what they saw and how they did it because it's invaluable information for somebody planning the trip there themselves. Well, so it's a really active group of uh, travelers that you've got, I mean, across the country. How, how Extremely. Many, how many people do you think are involved uh, right now with with the club? Well, we and have I... over 1,000 members on our website at mm-hmm. the present time. Within the website, we have a this particular group called National Park Travelers Club, which is our group of people that pay membership dues. And primarily the reason for joining that is because of the awards that we issue every year and the convention that we have every year. Um, We have about 125 paid members at present time, I believe. Uh, I haven't seen the latest membership list because our membership director has been traveling in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um, He is from Virginia, so not really close to where I am on the West Coast. Our uh, vice president lives in Washington, D.C., and our treasurer lives in Colorado. Yeah. So you can see even our officers are spread out clear across the country from California to Virginia and in between. Yeah, and as dedicated travelers, I mean, everyone's always got to be on the road all the time, I imagine. Everyone is on the road all the time. <laughs> I personally take about 10 trips a year, which can include in and out of country both, but a lot of obviously in country to keep up with the stamp information. Yeah. Um, everyone on our site does an an incredible amount of of visitations that is every year we have an award um, ceremony, well not ceremony, we have an award that we send out to people based upon national park visitations and there's information on our website that tells you how to become a member and then you're eligible for applying for an award at the end of the year and we have this year, a total of 50 people that applied for an award based upon the number of parks that they visited. Mm-hmm. Um, the most number of stamps collected in the year actually went to my husband and myself <laughs> at 317 for this year. Wow. Um, the most number of units that were visited went to one of our members who visited 172 different units. That would be 172 different national park units out of the 391. That's almost half of them. That's an amazing amount. About four of our people actually visited all nine regions in the national park system. Hmm. The passport book is divided into nine regions that are color-coded that vary from North Atlantic down to Mid-Atlantic, the Capital Region, the Southeast Region, the Midwest Region, the Western Region, 
the Pacific Northwest region, the Rocky Mountain region, and the Southwest region. I think I just named nine, hopefully. <laughs> um, of those regions, I mean, to, to try to be in every one of them in a year, it, I, even I've never made right. every one of them in a year. I've done eight this year, and that's the, the most I ever seem to get to. I always leave one out. <laughs> well, that's a lot of traveling. I mean, no matter how you cut it or slice it, it's a lot of traveling. It's a huge amount of traveling, and and I'm not the most traveling person, I don't think, in the club. We have some people that just came back from over a month in Alaska. Uh, it's a couple that um, live in the Midwest, and uh, actually they live across the border in Canada, um, and they actually spent a whole month on 37 different bush and float planes in order to accomplish stepping foot in every single national park site up there. That's, and that was their second trip to Alaska. That's really something. Now you've got, um, you had mentioned you've got, your club uh, holds a um, a conference. Is that right? A conference? <laughs> How would you... We have a, a convention. A convention, thank uh, you. And at the convention, uh, it, it we made a rule in the beginning that it would have to vote to one of a, a different region within the national park system that we hadn't been to before, and once we do well nine, then we would start over again. This year will be our fifth annual convention. It's being held in the Pacific Northwest region and in specifically at Olympic National Park. Um, we located a site to have the, the convention. It'll host at least 100 people. Uh, the superintendent of the site uh, Olympic National Park, Bill Leitner, was as a scheduled speaker, but I just got an email in the last couple of days that one of his chief uh, officers will be attending because he has a personal conflict mm -hmm. that came up. Um, so he unfortunately will not be attending to speak. And our other speaker is the uh, executive director of the Clallam County Historical Society, mm -hmm. which is where uh, the National Park is located in Clallam County. Mm -hmm. uh, she is going to bring us slides about the original lodges that were around Great, excuse me, Lake Crescent, which is where we are having the meeting. And we will see stuff before, during, and after National Park in, became in effect. So it's going to be interesting to see the history prior to the National Park's presence and after the National Park's presence. Yeah, I know that you're you're having it there with the Olympic Park Institute, which uh, which is located in in an old lodge called it used to be called the Rosemary Lodge. And, it used uh, to be called the Rosemary Inn. A Rosemary it Inn. It was yeah. uh, very simple lodges that were built around the 1920s, mm -hmm. and um, it, they still do take some lodging, but primarily it it is an educational institute at the present mm -hmm. time. Yeah. They have a lot of groups that come in, especially school children, and they actually have class instruction on various things within national park system, mm -hmm. uh, but specifically targeted towards Olympic. And um, they have sort of bunk bed type accommodations that they accommodate these groups in. Mm -hmm. So the Rosemary Inn still is somewhat active as an inn, but in conjunction with the yeah. meetings at uh, Olympic Park Institute. So, Nancy, is there one last message you'd like to give uh, the listeners today about um, about what it is that your uh, National Park Travelers Club um, provides for the park or is an, is an encouraging influence in the parks? My motto is whatever brings someone to a park is a good thing. 
uh, whether it's a stamping program, which is not really our major emphasis, but let's say our major minor emphasis, or whether it's somebody just likes to hike or whether they like to see animals, whatever reason, I don't care what it is. If it gets you to a park, it's a good thing because by, by visiting our national parks, you are supporting our national parks. And it is a system unlike any in the world. The closest things that come to it are some places like Costa Rica, and they modeled their national park system on our national park system. We actually sent rangers to their, their country to help them formulate national parks. That's happened time and again within our system. So we have just fantastic wealth available to us within our national park system. And that's not just nature. It also includes historical data. It includes things that are, are meritorious with regard to development of the nation. Could be something like Eugene O'Neill. There is a, a site in California, the Eugene O'Neill House. He was a great playwright, and it, there's no one that can fault the fact that he is a great playwright. He deserves to be remembered, and fortunately we have his house, Tau House, in California as a National Park Historic Site. Um, we also have great natural beauty. Most people know about Yellowstone, Yosemite, and those kind of parks. They're the biggies. But we have a lot of little gems in the park, and that's what we try to encourage everybody to visit. And we find that our membership time and again says, if it wasn't for the stamp program, I would never have gone to this place. And it's wonderful. That's really and great. we encourage that. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Nancy. And um, you're very welcome. Happy travels, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks again, Nancy. If you'd like to learn more about the Passport Program in the parks, or get more information about Nancy's Club and upcoming convention, I've provided links on our website at nationalparkstraveler.com.